This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. It's time for some straight talk. Tax returns could look a little different this year. So when the big carriers start trying to get you to splurge on the latest nonsense, just tune it out. With Straight Talk Wireless, you can get a Samsung Galaxy A51 for just $199. Plus, get our unlimited plan with no contract on America's best networks for up to 50% less. Tune out the nonsense. Tune into Straight Talk Wireless. Straight Talk Wireless, available at Walmart and Walmart.com. Savings may vary. See straighttalk.com. The Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast is brought to you by Triple Threat Sports. For all your team outfitting needs, call Chris at 708-478-6090. Mariska's in Crest Hill, family-owned and operated since 1933. Chuck's Southern Coverage Cafe with locations in Burbank and Darien. Visit chuckscafe.com and seatgiant.com. Use promo code MADHOUSE at checkout to save. Let's drop the puck. Welcome to the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast with NBCChicago.com's James Navo and 670 The Scores hockey guy, Jay Zawoski. Here I Chicago! Welcome into a full-bodied, beautiful edition of the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. I am James Naveau from NBC5 Chicago, and with me, as always, is the one, the only, Jay Zawaski of 670 The Score, and guess what, folks? We are in the same room today. I can reach out and basically touch my co-host for the first time in weeks. Please don't. And I won't. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, it's good to see you. I saw you last night at our Wolves event. Yeah, this is random. Was... Like, when's the last time we've uh, seen each other two days in a row? Uh, probably never. I don't think we ever have. Yeah. I mean, other than maybe, like, in passing at Bears camp, I think that's about it. All right. Good talk. Yeah, I think I think you're you, right. Man. Yeah, you too. Last, so let's talk about last night first. Let's get the fun stuff out of the way first. Please, yes. Um, we had our Wolves outing. A six to one was that the final mm-hmm. six to one win over the Bakersfield Condors. Not close. A thrashing, my friend. Blackhawks legend Brandon Peary all over the ice for the Wolves. If you go see the Wolves, check out Brandon Peary. He's found his spot in yep, the world. Indeed, he has. And he's an elite AHL player and an occasional call-up, and that's what he is, and that's what he'll be mm-hmm. from now until the end of time or until he retires. <laughs> um, but just an awesome event all around. Uh, everybody showed up for the most part. Mm-hmm. I think two groups of people last minute had to cancel, but every seat in our section was filled. We had all 50 people there for the Chalk Talk with uh, – um, is it Gene? Your pal Gene. Gene Ubaraco. Yeah, I couldn't think of his first name. You added name. him on Facebook last I know. I wanted night. to say Gus. I know. He looks Gene. like a Gus. No, he looked like a Gene to me. Well, it was great. The entire <laughs> thing was great. And, and like James and I say, every time we have an event, we're always sort of surprised how many people come and how much support we get. And last night, I think, it was probably the most impressive because not only were people coming out, but they were spending their own money yep. to come and hang out with us. And uh, everything turned out great. 
I want to thank Triple Threat Sports for supplying the T-shirts and the bumper stickers. Epic T-shirts. Yeah, they look great. If you did not go to that game last night, you missed out on the most epic T-shirt we've ever given out. I'm not just being hyperbolic. They are amazing. Yeah, uh, only 50 people on earth have them. So uh, they turned out great. The bumper stickers look great. Thank you to Chucks and Mariska for supplying uh, $50 gift cards at two Lucky listeners, when I know Ponytail Dave took home Marishka's. Yes, he did. And a young listener took home the Chuck's gift card. So it was all in all, a great night. The atmosphere was great. The mm-hmm. fireworks. Everything. Actually, the Wolves ran out of fireworks. They did. After the second goal, <laughs> they ran out of fireworks. Then they had four more goals yet to score. Yeah, they were not prepared for the uh, offensive outbursts that came. But it's always, you know, uh, for me, Rosemont's a bit of a trek. It's about 40 minutes down 294 with actually up 294. And that's with zero traffic. But once you get there, easy to navigate, easy to park. Mm-hmm. It was just it was a very enjoyable experience, top to bottom. Good crowd into it. Uh, it was a fun time. So I'm glad that the 50 people that joined us were able to come and able to enjoy it. Uh, our buddy, Gino Briaco handed us four pairs of tickets to the Wolves Ice Hogs game yep uh in april so we're gonna find a creative way to give those away we're leaning towards a patreon only giveaway so if you're one of our patreon donors or would like to become one for your chance to win these tickets go to patreon.com slash madhouse pod by our love <laughs> by our love exactly <laughs> and like we say all the uh patreon money is used for this podcast so by the way i got the uh form about our 2017 patreon earnings 1300 dollars. holy crap uh dude. raised all of it went to equipment travel giveaways to giveaways stuff like that it, it was all like we said like we promised all of it was used for the podcast so thank you all for your generosity we couldn't do this without you literally we could not do this without you so i wonder if we should start doing like an earnings call since we're like spending the money like let people know exactly what we spent it on well i have a (laughs) it's funny it can be as we've bought something as big as a laptop that's probably the biggest purchase we've made for sure uh our mixer we bought with it the trap the The, speaker we bought mixer i also have and a microphone we both have mini mixers in case of emergency i have mine with me at all times me too um the uh speaker and the speaker stand yep these microphones, yep. the cables connecting these microphones, these little mic muffs on top of our microphones. <laughs> mic muffs. Uh, every little, our, our headphones, the uh, adapters we need for, I mean, literally every little thing we need. The next purchase is going to be uh, tabletop mic stands. Oh my God, yes, So we don't finally. like rumble around and <laughs> like this. Well, it's like we're doing a live event at all times. Yeah. Yeah. So... Anyway, thank you for your generosity. Thank you for coming to the Wolves event. Why don't we take a quick time out right now, and then we'll, our next segment will be hardcore Blackhawks analysis. Are we allowed to do that? We're allowed to do whatever we want. It's our podcast, pal. <laughs> so let's take a break. Before we do, I want to tell you about our friends at Marish, because, again, thank you to them for the $50 gift card they supplied to yesterday's Wolves event. 604 Theodore Street in Crest Hill. The best poor boy you'll ever have. The best twice-baked potato you'll ever have. Some of the best onion rings you'll ever have. They've got a great... Uh, full bar with awesome craft beer. Joe is a craft beer enthusiast, so go check out Marishka's. The poor boy is where it's at, but they've got steaks, burgers, chops, seafood. Everything's made fresh in-house. If you've got a banquet you need to have, they can uh, house up to 110 people for a banquet, so check them out, 604 Theater Street. Go to marishkas.com or facebook.com slash marishkas. That's M-E-R-I-C-H-K-A-S. They're the best. They're closed only on Christmas, Easter, the 4th of July, and Thanksgiving. So you've got some time 
before Mariska's is going to be closed. <laughs> With that, our first time out of the podcast, and we'll come back and talk about the the Blackhawks. The, the yeah, dude, I don't want to. I don't. I don't really either, dude. All right, we'll be right back on the Madhouse Chicago <laughs> Hockey Podcast, probably. Well, we're back in the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. I am. Um, I'm James Naveau. Um, I cover the Blackhawks for NBC for the Madhouse Enforcer blog. Um, yeah, seven to three. I, I guess, yeah, seven to three, man. I they, think we picked – I think the best courtesy we've done our listeners is that 50 Hawks fans did not have to take in that game last night. <laughs> yep. I think that's the greatest service we provided. And we didn't have to do a pod, post-game podcast last night, so we didn't have to subject anybody to that either. We should have just done a Wolves post-game podcast. Dude, we actually had several <laughs> listeners suggest that we do a Wolves one instead, and I would have been totally down for that. I could have fawned over Brandon Peary for 10 minutes. If Q had just given him a chance. <laughs> you know what? And if he had given Ryan Stanton a chance because he plays for the Bakersfield Condors. Well, I think the fact that Brandon Peary plays for the Wolves and Ryan Stanton plays for the Bakersfield Condors Condors has proven that Q probably knew what he was doing better than we did. Hey, to be fair, the Vegas Golden Knights are very good. They are very good. So they maybe just don't have a spot for our precious baby, Brandon Peary. I will say their goalie in uh, Bakersfield, Ellis. He not good. Bad. No. He real bad. Scouting report indicate he bad. My eye test indicates he's bad. Yeah, that was that was horrific. All right, let's get into it. So yeah, enough putting it off. I we think have the, to do this. The big story about last night's game is Connor Murphy is scratch. Eric mm-hmm. Gustafson plays. Mm-hmm. He doesn't play well. No. However, in true Quinville makes a bad decision fashion, he scores a goal. Of course. Which to me says... When next we see the Blackhawks, we're going to see Eric Gustafson again. Probably. But I'll I, tell you who I don't think we're going to see. I don't think we see Gustav Forsling tomorrow night against Tampa. Well, he was abysmal. Oh, my God. I mean, and I know he's a young defenseman, right? I know that it takes these guys some time to develop. I know that uh, that is probably the slowest position to develop is defense. Mm-hmm. I have not seen the growth in his game this year that I expected, especially considering all the ice time he's getting. He's playing in every situation. There's no reason that he should not be further along than he is. Now, the team's not as good. His partners are always changing. His partners probably aren't as good as they would have been if he was a Hawk four or five years ago. Right. However, if they're talking about him as the next all-star defenseman from the Blackhawks, I'd like to see a little more from him right now. Like, look at Nick Letty, and I know they're not the same kind of player, but... When Letty was young and still developing, you would see, like, see that? That's what I'm talking about. And in three, four years, that's going to happen more often than it's happening. I'm not seeing – like, what do you see in Forsling's game that tells you that guy's a future star? I To me, it was mostly his offense, I think, that we kind of looked toward. But the Blackhawks kept insisting, no, 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 this guy can be a two-way defenseman. This guy can be, you know, cut in the mold of Nick Lidstrom. And they they talked about him – really highly I agree with you that we're not seeing it as often as we need to I think we've seen flashes this season yeah maybe a little bit of advancement to the, his game but too often we've been seeing kind of clunkers like we saw last night good grief dude clear a guy out from in front of the net clear a loose puck do something he did nothing well that I want to get get to that because the clearing guys in front of the net thing it's gonna sound meatballish like hey hit somebody we you know need what, you though? to hit somebody. Hit, hit somebody. It's You're allowed to do that. 
How many times last night and all season have we seen forwards get behind the D and defensemen just kind of like uh, uh, trying to like poke the puck away? Right. Dude, the one last night where I, I forgot who the skater was, but got behind Gustafson. Tackle his ass. It was the one where, Fors, uh, where Forsberg mishandled the puck. Yep. Dude, when you see that happening, you see your goalie fumbling with a puck when it's at his feet under his pads and he's got a helmet on. If you have to take a penalty, you take a penalty Absolutely. instead of giving up a goal. Literally, tackle the guy. Mm-hmm. No, instead he's sort of like swatting, whacking at him. No, these <laughs> dudes are going to take the puck and score. And that's been a problem all year. You've seen it. And I think the one guy who has that little physical knack in front of the net, guess what? He wasn't in a lineup last he night. He was on the bench. Yeah. Or sorry, in the press box. So let's be accurate here. Thank you. But <laughs> even Brent Seabrook, who used to be that way, now is playing so much catch up to even get to the crease. Mm-hmm. And we saw that several times last night, Including too. Including on the breakaway goal. I think the sixth goal of the game. He let the guy in behind him on the breakaway. Great stretch pass from John Tavares. But there was Brent Seabrook. <sighs> yeah. Huffing and puffing, trying to catch up, man. Every I, flipping time. I just the Murphy thing, though, is what really bothers me because He's the centerpiece of the first core player you've really traded. If you want to call Panarin, it was the same day, though, so it doesn't matter. You know, he's the centerpiece of your first major core player trade. He's been playing very well lately, however you want to do it. You want to do the eye test? You want to do the numbers? Cool. Either way you look at it, Connor Murphy has been one of the best Hawks defensemen there's been. Duncan Keith, probably still the best, even though he's a shadow of his Norris Trophy days. He's still probably the best guy game in and game out. But Connor Murphy's been second best, I think, kind of by a long shot, because you saw last night, Jan Ruda has hit the wall. He has hit a wall, for he, sure. From starting off as incredibly promising, I know I'm rambling on here, so sorry. Um, from starting off as impressively as he did to now, you know, as the season's getting longer, he's not used to the length of the season. You brought this up when we were talking off the air. Yep. Um, that wall is being hit, and it's hitting Jan Ruda hard. So... Really, you've got two defensemen I truly trust on the team. One of them was in the press box last night. Yeah, and I mean, I think part of the thing with Ruda, like you're going to get breaks here and there. You just had your bye week. You're going to have the all-star break. Obviously, he's not going to be heading to Tampa for those festivities. But just the thing you've noticed with him is that he's just kind of slowly losing a step a little bit. And I don't think that it's an injury per se. I mean, it could be. I don't think so, but... I just think it's the 82-game grind of a season in a league way more physical than the one he was used to playing in. And he had some great moments early on, was playing like top-line minutes at times this season, really looked like he had developed into something pretty solid. Just a little bit of regression here, and I'm not panicking about Jan Ruda's long-term prospects. I think that he still can be a very solid NHL player. I just worry about him in the here and now that maybe it's just a little bit too much for him. Maybe he's kind of starting to wear down a little bit. And there's actually another player that I'm worrying about that with, and that's Alex DeBrincat, who had a great November, scored a million goals. Where's he been the last couple of weeks? Like, I've just, I've not noticed him at all. Yeah, he's not been, uh, not been as visible as he was, like you said, November, he was great. And I still think there's been those moments, like we talked about earlier, with you'd see those flash moments from Nick Letty. Mm-hmm. You've seen those from oh, sure. Alex DeBrinkett. They're becoming less often. He's not scoring as much. He hasn't had a lot of chances on the top six, and I still want to see him on the power play way more oh, than he is. <sighs> but regardless, when he was scoring, he was not in those situations either. So I'm not worried about him, though. He's 19. It's his first NHL season. 
the team's not that great. So there's, you know, I think in two, three years, I think of Nick Schmaltz. Yeah, don't, don't similar. let my observation be misconstrued for panic about him at all. Like, it, I think he's just young. He's getting used to the grind of an 82-game season. It's just – it's noticeable. And I think that for all the heat that Q has taken for some of his decisions this year, whether it's Connor Murphy, who we disagree with him on benching him, obviously – some people disagree with him moving him to his offside. I don't. I think that's worked really well. It's been fine. His usage of Alex Dabrinkit and not using him on the power play is baffling to me, and I still don't I don't get why he's not. Well, and the other thing is, and I know he's been better lately, but Patrick Sharp is still on the power play like by default. Is it because he knows the system? Tell Alex Dabrinkit to go sit and wait for the backdoor pass. It's not <laughs> a complicated play. It's not, it's not a difficult system. Oh, dude, we were talking about it at the Wolves game last night. How easy it was to move puck, find lane, shoot puck. Put large man in front of net, shoot puck. Which is exactly what the Wolves did, and they did it right in front of us, and it worked. It's just not hard. beautiful, and the Blackhawks make it seem so damn difficult. They make it seem like rocket surgery, and it just isn't. I love rocket surgery. (laughs) It's one of my favorite malaprops of all time. (laughs) It is is great, and I, I do deploy it quite often. Well, I don't know. I think we're at the point where we can just declare this team sucks. They, they, <laughs> they don't suck. By Blackhawks no, standards, no, 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 they no. suck. The Arizona Coyotes yeah. suck. But by Chicago Blackhawks new era standards, they suck. This is All right, let me ask you this. Is this team worse than the 2010-2011 Blackhawks that made the playoffs by one point? Is this team worse? <sighs> I think so. I think they are because they have older core. That's like the main thing. These two teams are very similar in that they've got core and a lot of other pieces they're trying to kind of work in after some big trades. Difference is this team is older. And so the I'm, core is older, but I like right, that this right, team right. has some younger pieces that I think are going to be sure. good in the and, future. And you saw that with the Blackhawks the time they tore down after the 2010 Cup. They slowly got new guys in, your Andrew Shaws, et cetera. Yeah, but your and core they, was still 25, 26 years right, old and but not they 32. Still, but they still became good again because yeah. they replenished the talent and it took a little bit of time. I think you can maybe see that again. It ain't happening this season. There is, I, I'm getting to the point where there's there's nothing you can do. I mean, you're just basically like riding out the string right now, and there's no move that Stan Bowman's going to make. I wrote in a column last week, there is no savior walking through the doors of the United Center. It's not happening. Well, I see you know, some people talking about like Oliver Ekman Larson is maybe available. and st- How are you going to go get him? That's the thing. How are you going to get their marquee player without giving up a young stud of your own? Phoenix is Arizona, whatever. They're not going <laughs> to take you know, your garbage vets – they want the point. The reason for trading Ekman Larson would be to add young talent and become competitive later. It's a rebuild sort of a thing. I don't know. They just traded Anthony Duclair for Richard Panic. Well, that I think Duclair didn't want to be there anymore. Fair enough. And uh, see, but that's a move I like, and that's sort of thing that can help down the road. But there's nothing that's going to help them this year, and I think that's how the Hawks should be thinking: is okay, we're not good this year, and I think they maybe knew that coming in right they knew it was going to be a tougher year a lot of young players so maybe the way they have to look at this thing is what can we get rid of at the deadline to bring in picks to bring in prospects with an eye towards two three years down the road i I have bad news for you what do they really have anything that can do that is there any gm anywhere is lance boma going to net you anything well let me ask you this if you're a gm of a young team with 
some playoff aspirations and you feel like you need a veteran presence, if the Hawks eat half the salary, would you bite at Brent Seabrook? Hell no. Absolutely not. For six more years, mm -mm, yeah. not a chance in hell. It's tough, right? I don't I don't care. Half the set doesn't matter to me. Well, and the, the problem there, too, is if the Hawks trade him and then he retires, the Hawks are on the hook for that money, correct? No, he's not one of the uh, cap recapture guys. He was only an eight-year deal. So oh, signed, yes, right. He signed after that. Only an eight-year deal. And he's all, he also wasn't 35 when he signed the new extension, so that retirement rule doesn't come into it either. So okay. they, if he retired, they'd be like, okay. Walk away from money, moron. We don't have to pay you. La, la, la. Hmm. That's not going to happen. Does and that same thing if he retires from the Hawks? Yes. Maybe but, it's not as but again, he's not going to walk away from $42 million, would you? No. Not a chance. But isn't his deal front-loaded? Let's look at his deal. It can't be that front-loaded. You're only allowed to uh, change by X amount of money each year, so you can't do it like the hosted deal where he made like ten million at the beginning and then like a dollar at the end. That's not how the Seabrook deal would work. <laughs> a dollar. Oh, that. Well, okay. My salary like four, is one dollar. <laughs> four. He's, it's like what four hundred thousand dollars. It's like league minimum. No, I, no, you're right. Yeah. I just liked your one dollar reference. It was funny. <laughs> um, let's see here. I'm gonna look up Brent Seabrook's deal. Beep, beep, beep. This is riveting. Everyone loves this when I just kill time. I'm fairly certain you're gonna cut this out. Um, probably. <laughs> Okay, so it's 4.5 this year, 4.5 next year. Oh, my God, it's backloaded. $4 million the year after that. Then it's $1 million. Then it's back to $4 million. Then it's $1 million. Then it's $2.5 million. That doesn't make any... Okay, what about... So his bonuses are what lifts his value up then, right? I'm looking at total salary. Yeah. Well, his cap hit is $6.875 well, million. Which is the average of the deal. There is a reason. There have to be, like, bonuses in there because, obviously, that doesn't average out to 6.87. And it, he wasn't, it wasn't front-loaded to the point of, like, $10 million the first year because you can't structure deals like that in the NHL anymore. Total salary for the first three years of the deal, including this year, is $9 million. I'm looking at it. That includes bonuses. You were reading the base salary. You weren't reading the total salary. The total salary was nine million each of the first three years, then seven point five million, then five million, then six million, then five, then four point five. You were reading the base salary to everybody, just so you know. Oh. Well that was that was done by me. That's why I was like so confused. I was like, you have to not be including bonuses. In my that. phone is, uh, I'm looking at my phone, which is probably the problem. Well, it's an iPhone, so what do you expect? Anyway, well, it at least displays. Um, <laughs> and it doesn't crash after a year. Anyway, um, it's bad. It's a bad situation. And no, the answer, to, so the short answer to my question is no. No one's going to take Brent Seabrook's contract, no matter how much they think they need a vet. So there's really no way out of this. I mean, are you going to trade Duncan Keith? I don't think you can. Because then you're definitely awful. Yes. You're Arizona Coyotes level. I'm not even worried about, like, losing control of his cap recapture deal. I'm more worried about the fact your defense would be beyond awful. Well, here's – there's one guy that's not a kid, Schmaltz, to bring it, that you could trade and get something for. <gasps> Brandon Saad. Oh, boy. Mm, see, I knew you were going to say that. Now, the question is – 
You should have teased this, man. By the time his well, next t- next segment's for Crawford, so <laughs> oh, um, <laughs> so the question is: by the time his contract is due, do you feel like you can win? Right? Do you feel like you've got a shot? Because they're not, probably not going to be able to resign him. You don't think that they're going to be able to win within four years? I don't know. Oh, as currently constructed, All right, look, if they can't win within four years, you may as well trade Patrick Kane because that's about the time that he's going to start declining. You would think I said this on Twitter last week. There's there is no one I would not listen to anymore. There's no player on this roster. I would not at least entertain trading. You've really gone nihilist on us since that Tabo Teravainen incident What's... in a triple threat. The other day. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I walked in a triple threat to pick up the wolf shirts and there was someone who had ordered their Tabo Teravainen jersey to be like deconstructed to be made into something else and it made me very sad I, I had to give jay a hug yesterday when he told that story i he, needed it he was very emotional but look if this is what this team is right okay well let's let me let's let's change it up a little bit so if you think that the that the hawks with the current core can win a cup in the next four years what has to happen how good does Debrinkit have to be? How good does Schmaltz have to be? How huge of a step does Forsling have to take? How huge of a step does Murphy have to take? How, how huge of a step does Ruda have to take? Right? Like, mm-hmm. and are these the guys that w- when they next hoist the Stanley Cup are going to be part of this team? That's what Stan Bowman needs to ask himself. Because if he doesn't see Alex Debrinkit becoming maybe not an MVP candidate, but a point per game kind of a guy or like a 75 point guy year after year after year and you know nick smaltz probably hovering around 65 70 points a year and forsling beginning becoming a legit two or three on a good team that's a lot of <laughs> that's a lot of what ifs for me and you could say what if with jonathan Taze and what if with patrick kane those guys are top when they were drafted there was a there was a floor that people knew that they would achieve right and it was still going to be very good they were could only be so bad Right, with Debrinkit and Schmaltz, what if Schmaltz? What if this is what he is? And yeah. I like Schmaltz, but a 50, 55 point guy, nice second line winger, That's center. That's not good enough. It's not good enough to carry this team no. to being a cup contender again, right? Nope. And the cap situation is what it is, and they're not really going to be able to add much. You could talk about trading Corey Crawford, but who knows what's going on with him? Physically, mentally, whatever. Jay does, so keep asking him. Yeah, keep asking me. Keep sending me your ridiculous uh, scenarios, too. Like, I heard that he uh, drove a bulldozer into a Wendy's. <laughs> like, stop. <laughs> Even if that was the case, here's the deal. If it was something like that, I would never tell you. Why? I'm not going to, like, some guy that's, like, randomly writes. This is my other thing. Strangers writing me on my Facebook Messenger. Please don't do that. I love you guys. You're not going to report what they say. I'm not going to report what who says. What people message you on Facebook. Hell no. Because <laughs> it's, it's absurd. I've heard a million different stories. All I'm going to tell you is that if he dro- drove a bulldozer into a Wendy's, you better damn well tell me. If there was a Wendy's that had been bulldozed, me and Rick Camp would have been there <laughs> with you, wheelbarrows. Wait, 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 wait. You told me there's a new <laughs> I'm Fat podcast going to be coming eventually. Tuesday. Oh, see? He drove into a Wendy's. It happened. There you go. All right, you verify. Just for the case of the, for the sake of the podcast, yeah, we'll call it that. E5. But anyway, the point is, all these things have to happen. Forsling's got to be great. The Brinkett's got to be 
a perennial all-star, mm-hmm. which could happen. Mm-hmm. Nick Schmaltz has to take another step mm-hmm. and be 60, 70 points. It could happen. But the likelihood of all these things happening, plus Murphy developing into a top four consistently every game, I think he's on his way, right? But there's no star power. There's no, especially on defense, there's no Seabrook or Keith in their prime going to walk through those doors. Nope. There's no one like that even close in the organization. So I just think a lot needs to go right, and that's sort of what what Bowman needs to analyze because if they miss the playoffs this year and it's not like, oh, you know, we lost on the last day and just missed or something like that, or there's a major injury, which there already has been, but yep. if there's not like a built-in excuse, like, well, no one could overcome that. If things are the way they are and they just continue to suck and play inconsistently, his job's in danger. I complete. I mean, what what other conclusion can you possibly come to when you look at the contract situations that he has put himself in, the idiotic no movement clauses that he put into everybody's contracts? Yeah, there really is no other conclusion other than how is Stan Bowman's job not in danger if they miss the playoffs this year? Well, and here's the thing about no movement clauses too; those are what you give guys, and you're like, all right. We're not going to pay you probably as much as you're worth, Yep. but we're going to throw you this bone, and we promise we won't trade you. You don't give them eight years and a no-movement clause. No, you don't get both. No, you don't get both. And but also, he, in Brent Seabrook's case, you don't get eight years and a massive average annual value. Right. You get one or the other. You either get term or you get cash. One of the two. You pick. Yeah. Well, that's not what happened. Now they are – I just – I love the self-inflicted sit- cap hell yes. is what they're in. And he's been good at it until that moment. I mean, there's been some fumbles along the way, right? Of course there's going to be. But there's been no major like catastrophic contracts until that Seabrook one. I'd love to know how drunk were you? <laughs> how high were you mm-hmm. when you thought this was a good idea? I can't for the life of me, knowing what I know about Stan Bowman, right? Knowing his background, Notre Dame, Scotty Bowman, blah, 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 all the qualifiers that make Stan Bowman the GM he is. That day, when he decided eight years, 6.75, no moving clause for an aging, declining Brent Seabrook was a good idea. Mm-hmm. I would love to hear. And again, of- this was a year in advance, too. This wasn't a, oh, God, he's about to hit the market and I have to panic. You can't even use that as an excuse literally was entering the last year of his deal. And they were like, Oh, we need to resign him right now to a max contract. Basically. It will never make sense to me. Well, this is where we are with the Blackhawks. It's not looking good. It's not looking hopeful. They had a good month and then it all fell apart. And to come off the bye week you gave me that number last night. I'll let you give it next. Yep. Um, to come off the bye week and just get toasted at home. That's that's unbelievable. I would never have predicted 7-3 loss coming off the bye week. It's just um, What was the number you told me last night about that, by the way? That was their record after they had three or more days of rest. And what was it? I'm not going to tell. I'm, I'm saving this till after the break. Oh. I'm actually going to tease something since you just steadfastly refused to. He's just looking it up, everybody. All right. With that, let's take another time out. want to thank our friends at Triple Threat Sports for supplying our incredible Wolves-specific shirts they made us yesterday. Collector's item. Only 50 on Earth. Yep. So if you were lucky enough to get one, lucky you. Um, but thank you to Chris at Triple Threat Sports. Glad he's feeling better. I haven't seen him since his treatment, so... 
He's looking good, feeling good, uh, you know, back in the groove. But thank you to them. If you have a jersey, if you have a team that has outfitting needs, be it jerseys, warm-ups, whatever, logo design, Triple Threat Sports will hook you up and you will look outstanding. So check them out, out in Mokina, 708-478-6090 or visit triplethreatsports.com. Triple Threat Sports, if you can wear it or stick it on something or put it on a hat, they can make it. Go visit Chris at Triple Threat. We'll be right back with more on Corey Crawford and the declining Blackhawks on the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. All right, welcome back into the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. We both, we've been through the highs of becoming a Chicago Wolves podcast because I think that's <laughs> the inevitable next step for us and the lows of talking about the Blackhawks and firing everybody and everyone sucks and just a lot of not fun today. So I, I figured I might as well pile on because I did a little bit of research. I like doing these kinds of things because sometimes I get curious. And I was like, how do the Blackhawks do after a long layoff? Because we've had quite a few of them this season. How do they do when they have three or more days of rest like they just did after their bye week? After that emphatic loss to the Islanders last night, the Blackhawks are 1-6 and six when they have three or more days of rest. So instead of coming back rested and rejuvenated, they come back rusty and just awful. Well, that was horrible. <sighs> I wonder, I mean, I'm sure it's not that bad, but I wonder how much the re- how the rest of the league does coming off that too, but... I mean, I can look it up. It would take a very long time. No, it doesn't matter, though. Yeah. Like, they're not getting blasted 7-3. Mm-hmm. Maybe they lose 2-1 to one and takes them a period to find their legs, whatever. Understandable, right? But to come home and get blasted when Quinville has said it, everyone said it, every game from here on out is a must win. Yep. That's the effort you put forth? That's brutal. And there were some, you know, huge defensive breakdowns, and maybe it was closer than it looked. No. That wasn't the case last night. They got their asses handed to them. Here you go. Here's your ass. Yep. I'm handing it to you. Enjoy. Please take your ass out of my hands. By cause... the way, I want to I want to give uh, kudos to a Blackhawks player. Okay. A guy that we have knocked this season for lack of urgency, for lack of push at times. Patrick Kane is trying to drag this team kicking and screaming into the playoffs. He sure is. He busted his ass last night. He was all over the ice. He ended up with three points, got to 800 points. Only five Blackhawks now have ever done that. Very impressive. Like, the, that's elite company. The only Name the only two players that have more points than him since he came into the league. In the NHL? Yep. Uh, Ovechkin and Crosby. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it, it's pretty obvious. But still, like, he's outscored Evgeny Malkin in that time. He's outscored some of the best players in the game. He's trying to drag this team into the playoffs, whether they want to get there or not. He busted his ump last night and i gotta give him credit for that because we've knocked his effort at times this season oh yeah i can't you know it's hard for me to to be overly critical of him and like you said early on there were some games where we questioned the effort but that's a good way to put it yeah damn it (laughs) come come on no i haven't missed the playoffs since my rookie year you get into gear and let's go he's got tommy wingles by the scruff Yep. Let's go. Come on. You're coming with me. We're, we're going we're gonna to get eliminated in the first round. Indeed. <laughs> anyway. Hey, you know what? They had the best record in the, NA, in the East Western Conference last year and got swept out of the first round. So maybe they sneak in and win the cup. Sure. <laughs> how I don't, many, I how don't many be- plane crashes are I, happening? <laughs> I, I, I don't believe that for a second, just so everybody knows. Oh, but, you get, hey, once you're in, though, you never know. 
That's yeah. that's all, been proven. All you need is a chip and a chair, my friend. What year was the uh, Fernando Pisani Oilers run, my friend? Oh, good God. Fernando Pisani, the greatest Blackhawk of all time. Blackhawks legend. Yep. There are, by the way, next time you go to a Wolves game, you just do a lap around the building. <laughs> hey, Blackhawks legend, there's like 50 of yeah, them. Yeah, there's like Al Secord and Chris Chelios, but then there's some other guys. Al Secord in a helmet. Yes. Odd look. Yes. Not a fan. No. <laughs> all right, let's get to the uh, the elephant in the room here and Corey Crawford. Um, is that what ran him over was an elephant? He was Well, the <laughs> elephant. Is what ran into the Wendy's. No. The elephant. <laughs> Ran into Corey Crawford. Crawford flew through the air, landed in a bulldozer, and passed out onto the on switch, and then it ran into the Wendy's. By the way, did you see who's playing at Wrigley Field this summer? I saw a lot of things, but I saw Pearl Jam's there. Fallout Boy is going to be there, and yeah. so is Rise Again. Oh, no. <laughs> so, Corey Crawford will be able to go to a concert in Chicago next summer. Good for you, Corey. Oh, boy. <laughs> Look, here's the deal. I don't know. I truly don't know. And the fact that I don't know is what's alarming. And that, I'm not patting myself on the back, but everyone knows that I have several sources. But he, I have, I have one. Sources, I have people. one that is unimpeachable, mm-hmm. that works in the organization, and he doesn't know. Wow. So if it's a air quotes concussion or air quotes vertigo, why is it a secret throughout the organization? I think he's dead. I don't think he's dead, <laughs> but something's fishy. And here, here's I, I was thinking about this driving to Rosemont last night. If you are Bowman, Quenville, whatever, and this is a situation that is not hockey related, right? Mm-hmm. Something personal. How are you handling it with the media? Mm. Vague. Yep. Uh, no update. We expect him back at some point, right? Like very, very, the things they're doing are the things you would do if you were trying to protect privacy, if you're trying to protect information. I'm not saying that that's what's going on. I don't know if that's what's going on. I don't know what I'm even hinting is going on, but if it is something not hockey related and you can draw your own conclusions by that, this is exactly how an organization would work. Right? We're, we're always concerned about our teammates first and then our team second. Crow knows he's trying to get better. He's one of those guys that we know we can rely upon as a person and as a teammate. He'll do what he can to get himself better. That doesn't sound like Jonathan Taves is talking about a guy who's dealing with an injury. That sounds like he's dealing with something else. And whether it's vertigo or whatever other crazy speculation you want to throw against the wall and see what sticks – we're not just talking strictly concussion here. I, I refuse to believe that. There's something else going on. Yeah, and because of the way they're handling this, that leads to that that leads to this discussion, right? If they're being forthright, oh, you know what? In that game against T-Max, he uh, hit his head on the post. Right. He's been having some concussion issues since. Felt okay the first couple of days. Since then, it's gotten worse. What I, I know they'll never be that descript, no. right, ever. But I'm just saying, like, if you give some sort of insight into what happened or how it happened, then people will not start to guess. And what I'm telling you, the things I'm hearing, which I don't believe are true, because none of them correspond. Here's here's what I've heard. I've heard snowmobile accident. Mm-hmm. I've heard fell downstairs. Heard that, too. I heard got in a fight with a valet. Def- I did hear that one. So did these... <laughs> 
Like, did all these things happen at once? <laughs> like, I was riding my snowmobile, and a valet tried to stop me, so I ran him over. Then when I went into ski lodge, I fell down some stairs. <laughs> this this is what I'm talking about, and this is why we have to be so cautious with this stuff, and that's why you and I, I think when all the Patrick Sharp crap was happening, were very, very... It was a similar situation. It was something 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 happened at this place or that place the place was never the same the situation was never the same the other names are never the same yeah so with those things i'm not going to and you're not going to tell our listeners like where do you hear this rumor well technically you just did well I, what i'm doing but i'm by by mentioning them is i'm i'm proving the inconsistency of them mm. right and i'm debunking them because well which is it was it a snowmobile was it a valet was it a fall on the stairs yep was it the other thing whatever the fact that none of these stories are true when you hear them from your friends put that put the, the keep that in your mind right everyone's it's like a big game of telephone back in grade school you would play that game where the class would stand around in a circle and the teacher would say you know Johnny has to do the laundry. And it would end up being like pink banana monkey hat or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's how it's working. And that's how the Patrick Sharp stuff worked. And that's how this Corey Crawford stuff is working. So I'm not telling you to not be suspicious. I'm not telling you to not think there might be more to it than a simple injury. I'm just saying that when you hear these crazy ass rumors to take them with the grain of salt that you should, because very rarely do the stories match very rarely are the stories true so that's all that's my bigger point is just kind of pay attention to what you're hearing and don't uh don't take everything as fact because whenever these sort of things happen the natural follow-up is for these ridiculous stories to come out and they just keep they snowball on themselves and it's just it's so dumb to follow them sometimes too like I hate pe hearing people just speculate. It's very annoying. And being asked constantly, like, if you know what's going on, it's like, if I did, I'm pretty sure I would report it if I had something solid. The problem is no one really does. Well, see, and that's the truth. I'm glad you said that, too, because if I did have information, if I knew definitively what the situation was, I, I would report. be hiding it. No, of course, I'd report it, even, it. Even if it was something, like, really, like, serious, like something really crazy, I'd report it. If I knew for a fact, like with any sort of news story, and I know that's uh, all in a gray area now these days anyway. Right. But if I knew for a fact and I had verified through several trustworthy sources yep. that there was a situation, then I would report said situation. Yep. But I can't do that with the weird stuff I've heard, with the multiple stories I've heard from multiple different nope. non-reliable sources. So I would hope that you guys and people listening to the score and people reading your work on NBC would want that from us. And trust me, we're asking. We're trying to find out. Yeah. Everybody is, and no one can. They are being extremely tight-lipped about it, more so than probably anything else that's gone on in that organization. No one's talking at all. Yeah. I Because even – I'm trying to think back to the Kane stuff, but it was, the, it was technically the offseason. So they didn't have to do the avoiding in season like they are doing now. Right. Like, it's it's a lot more delicate of a dance they're doing now. Yeah. Well, we're going to find out eventually. Maybe. What it is, hopefully. I mean, I just, whatever it is, they need him back. He is, uh, he is their MVP. He is their most important player right now, despite Patrick Kane <laughs> pulling them willingly to the play. I do love that visual. Do you, do you think that 
Corey Crawford, if he was in right now, they would be a playoff team at the moment. Because I personally don't. They're five points out right now. Yeah. He's missed, what, 11 games? Uh, I think it's 12. Okay. Now. So could they have won three games that they didn't? Yeah, I think so. Perhaps. What's, I mean, whoa, whoa, whoa. what's their record in those 12 games, though? I'm pretty sure it's like 5-5-2 five, five and I want to say it's five, five and two since he's been out. And I don't think like last night, there's no way in hell they win that game even with Corey Crawford. And I could say the same thing about the Detroit game too. Yeah, because the team just sucked. Yeah. I don't know, but it certainly can't hurt. How about no, that? No, 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 not at all. But I'd also, I mean, if we're being intellectually honest here, we have to point out that Jeff Glass and Anton Forsberg have a combined nine, 9.06 save percentage since Crawford's been out. Average. That's not bad. It's not bad. It's average. <laughs> it's not the goalie's fault. It's the defense. The defense is bad. That's it. <sighs> that is the absolute fact. And I, I, I'll tell this story now. Um, when Eddie Olchek was diagnosed with cancer this summer, right before the season started, I texted him like, "Hey, man, I'm, you know, I'm thinking about you. Hope you're hope everything's gonna be all right." He's like, "Thanks, Hawks D, bad and slow." It's <laughs> <laughs> like, "All right, oh, I'll keep that in mind." And he was right. Yeah. Are you ready to do some emails? I guess so. All right, let's do it. I I just am worried. I'm worried at what we're about to unleash upon the world. I've I've sort of pre-filtered. Good boy. All right, let's <laughs> do them. Email the guys at madhousepod at gmail.com or follow them on Twitter at madhousepod. All right, the email segment, as always, is brought to you by our friends at Chuck's Southern Comforts Cafe with locations in Burbank and Darien. Visit chuckscafe.com for locations, phone numbers, specials, all that stuff. Chuck's is rolling out a new menu soon. So make sure, I know we're going to be out there. They want us to come out and sort of review the menu, which sounds awesome wonderful to me yeah oh, it sounds like such a chore probably I mean, the uh, finest perk of this job i believe is going to be taste testing chuck's new menu uh yes <laughs> um but make sure you get out there to one of their two locations like i said burbank and darien the best barbecue the best mexican the best cajun fare but they also have burgers they've got you know chicken tenders wings whatever any sort of bar food you can imagine there's something for everybody at chuck's everything there is great and if you're a beer enthusiast my friends chuck's is the place to go 120 beer club they've got at least 120 beers for you to sample you get a punch card if over the years you taste all 120 you get your face on the wall or something yep so just know they've got that many at least on a daily basis the best craft beer constantly being updated it's an awesome place to go so visit chuckscafe.com for all the details you'll love it chucks is awesome all right first email here from walleye b i almost call him wally but i read it walleye wally walleye he said i know we just sort of talked about this but he said i know it's norm for teams to be tight-lipped about injuries but something just feels different about this when's the last time Corey crawford's been seen i don't recall any reporters talking to him since the injury just seems strange to me how many reporters have been given access to him well the answer to that number to that is zero no, no he, reporters have been given access and to he him. also has not been in the building for any of their practices as far as i know quenville did say that he's been in chicago all along but he hasn't been at the facility well right. not during like practices and morning skates he has not been there right but wherever he is he's in town i still think he's been abducted by aliens could be and yeah. then they cra that's where it was and they dropped a bulldozer from 
the from UFO the onto a Wendy's. Get mo- get uh, the X Files team out there. <laughs> I almost I almost said their names, and I can't say it with authority because I've never watched the show. All right, Blackhawk Bob uh, is taking issue with our comments on the last podcast about Q costing the Hawks the game by s- dressing seven defensemen and uh, when Panic was traded. Okay. Okay. He says, guys, I truly appreciate the coverage you provide of the Hawks and respect what you've done to grow the podcast, but your analysis on that game was absolutely insufferable. He said, Joel Quenville cost the Hawks two points is Skip Bayless-esque analysis of a game in terms of laziness. Your solution of just swapping Yurko for Panic and you win the game is nothing short of brilliant. We didn't say that, but we said it made more sense than playing anyway. Yeah. I'll go through his arguments here. Not sure if you noticed, but Seabrook scored the only co- only goal of the game. I was as shocked as anybody. Okay. Does having your corner lineup stop Osterley from making a horrible, horrendous pinch? It may if Jordan Rose Osterley isn't playing, what, 26 minutes he played that it, night? It may if he had the same friggin' defensive partner the entire game. Hmm. Does Yurko in the lineup stop Hartman from shanking two A++ scoring chances wider than that? Nothing can ever stop Ryan Hartman from doing anything. I think we've all learned that. Does having Yurko in stop a fluke goal deflecting off Wingle's stick? Probably not. No. The, but you're talking about the things that happen in every game. There's crazy bounces. There's weird, of course. You can only control certain elements of a hockey game. One of the things you can control is the deployment of your players. You can control the consistency of your lines, the chemistry. You can control those things. And what did Joel Quenville do? He threw a giant turd into the punch bowl and screwed up the entire balance of everything. There is no contesting that. That is a 100% accurate statement. And I think if you've listened to this podcast over time, you understand what we're being literal and hyperbolic. I don't think he literally cost them two points, but he did not put them in the best situation to win. I don't think that that can be questioned. He made a massive mistake in that game, and it very well could have cost them two points. There you go. I think that's fair. Uh, on a lighter note, Brian Aquinsky, my new favorite name since Gingerburger doesn't email anymore. Why does he hate us now? Well, we call him a dick like every episode. Yeah, but it's a bit. We don't really think he's a dick, do we? Anyway, Brian yeah. says, hey, guys, he's a great player, but does Patrick Line have the worst beard of all time? <laughs> great player, terrible beard. Hmm. He's up there. Yeah. I think, like, worst beards of all time. Dude, if we're Sydney, not talking. Sidney Crosby in 2009 was just atrocious. See, the problem is, though, when we're talking about playoff beards, they're not like. It's not a fashion choice. Oh, right? like, I get you. Lainey's opting to have this beard in season. This is a willing. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like I can't shave because we're in the playoffs. It's this looks good and I'm keeping it. Hey, some players shave during the playoffs. I know. How about um, bad sports beards? Hunter Pence. Oh, my God. Pretty bad. Yeah, get lost, dude. Um, Kyle yeah, Schwarber's it, facial hair I do not like. It's very splotchy. Don't like it. Very skinny, though. Me and you saw him yes. at Cubs convention. He is felt. I mean, you guys have probably seen pictures of Schwarber. You don't get it. You, if you, wait until you see him in person. It's striking. Yeah. It's like, oh, my God. He Bam, is slim. Bam Bam does not look the same. All right, Terry Thompson, TJ Thompson, he signs it. Sorry, TJ Terry. He says, first, thanks for the amazing podcast. I don't know which one he's referring to, but we'll just go with this one. We'll, we'll assume he's talking to us. <laughs> Thoughts on Will Hosa return? If I'm not mistaken, the next few years would be a cap hit of $1 million a year. Please, 
please God, let Hosa return. I know. That's not right, though. The cap hit is not $1 million. The salary no, is $1 million. The, the cap hit's still $5.3 million. Yeah, so Hosa's not playing anymore. That's uh, That thing's over. As much as I would love to see him, they could totally use him, but no. Uh, thoughts on proposed Seattle realignment? Think Seattle will get a team, Detroit back in the West, Nashville in the East. Uh, the realignment interests me a lot. I would love, in my dream selfish world, I want the Hawks to go to the East. Me too. It'll never happen because yeah. even geographically, it doesn't make sense. But sure, it does. What do you mean it doesn't eh, make sense? Isn't St. Louis technically further east than Chicago? If it is, it's not by much. Well, I don't know. Do you have to respect that? No, screw that. Screw them. Good point. I'm with <laughs> you. Uh, I'm excited though. Seattle would be cool. I love Seattle. I don't know if you ever been, but Seattle's amazing. And they do get behind their teams big time. They're what is it? The Seattle? Uh, no, it's Portland Timbers. Sounders. Sounders. The uh, the uh, MLS team. There's like full crowds and he. Do they in play an in an NFL yeah. stadium? Yeah. So they're ready. They're ready for another team. I by the way, I saw an article about uh, what they would name the Seattle team. Saw some very interesting uh, proposals. My two favorites: Seattle Seals. Seattle Emeralds. I like both of them. Emeralds is cool. Yes. I think the Emeralds would be an awesome name. I wonder how they market it. Like, I think of the, like, uh, I just mentioned the Portland Timbers. Yep. Green with, like, a pine tree. Sort of what the wild want to be but aren't. Yep. You know, I like that sort of, like, a northwest look from <laughs> Get them. Get the lumberjack out there sawing wood after it's, every goal. It's got to be green, though. Yeah. Are we oh, we're agreed oh, it's going to be green? 100%. Okay. God, if it's not green, there is there needs to be an investigation. So how about the Sonics? No, because you know, you know. The Slap the NHL Sonics. even <laughs> hints at that, the NBA is going to be like, oh, God, team in Seattle now. Good. Yeah, you know what? I that, need more deadlift shrimp in my life. Yeah. <laughs> Can he come ah, back and play? Give me give me some Gary Payton. I need some glove love. Come on. We all do. Yeah. Uh, Joe Mills here says, uh, will players be hesitant signing contract extensions with the Blackhawks in the future, knowing they might get traded? Bolig, Panarin, and Panic all got traded in the last few years shortly after resigning with the Blackhawks. Does this make Bowman look bad by resigning a player, then turning around to trade them before some contracts even start? I don't know. I, I, I me Panarin. He forgot. Yeah, he forgot Panarin. They he said Panarin. They said, "Oh, he did." I thought yeah. he said Bolig and uh, Bolig, Panarin, and Panic. Oh, okay. I missed the Panarin part. Yeah, I mean, I think players just want money. Me I likey. I, I doubt that they even, just from interviewing players over the years, I don't think they really even noticed that stuff. You. I, I think maybe there's a handful of guys, maybe one guy per team, that would notice that sort of thing. But I don't know. Blackhawk Bob has written us again. Bob, this is a very good and well-constructed email. I will, me and James and I will respond to it uh, via email because it's gonna, it's too long to read on the air. But it's good, a lot of valid points in there, so we'll address it. Just not on the podcast. Oh God, did he yell at us? No, it was just a sort of a breakdown of, uh, you know, a breakdown of Sam Bowman's moves over the years. Give your critics voice, Olaski. <laughs> uh, I did. I, with a negative one I read. Okay, Robert D. Hawk Jr., if that's your real name, that, that's amazing. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. This wait. is Bob Hawk, my friends. <laughs> um, mention Crawford, we got totally into that. He says, over the only last year, the Blackhawks had the best record in the West. This year, they're in last place, but only three points away from wildcard berth. This was four days ago. I think there's a promise in a number of young players. Debrinkit, Schmaltz, and Estroza Hartman, Osterley, Ruda, blah, blah, blah. 
I could even count Saad within that mix. Does it make sense to get these guys some extended minutes through the remainder of the season to gain experience? Perhaps reduce the minutes of some veterans, most notably Taves and Keith, with an eye towards regrouping for next year. Even with some diminish, diminishment, diminishment, yes, diminishment in his talents, the Blackhawks are going to spend decades searching for a player with a similar skill set and commitment level as Taves. No matter how much we bitch about him now, Hawks fans are going to lament the moment he is gone. Once the young players gain experience, the Blackhawks are going to want veteran presence players like Taves, Keith, and Kane. I'm not opposed to that. You want to give those guys some more minutes and and start to dwindle down to minutes for Taves and Keith? I'm all for it. I, this team's not going to win a, a damn thing this year. So anything you can do to um, accelerate the development of those young players you mentioned, I'm all for. So long as you're willing to admit that you're not trying to make the playoffs this season, I'm okay with that strategy because we've all seen what's happened to Jan Ruda and Alex DeBrinkett as this season has gone on. I agree. And with the deadline coming up here uh, soon, what is the date of the deadline? February 26th? Yeah. I, I feel like we're kind of ignoring it because we're hoping the Blackhawks don't really do anything. I don't think they're going to. I, I would be I, shocked if they make any sort of – they might – make a couple tinker moves they're not making a big move for this season that is for certain yep they don't they simply don't have the pieces and they don't really have the roster that would make that a realistic option i agree yeah and i hope they don't see like one of my fears here is like a bit of a hot streak right before the deadline like maybe they win five of seven and get back in the wild card or like right there and and bowman says all right let's add let's let's no no, no, no. So let it be. Let the kids play this year. It's what I've said from day one. Ryan Tennant with the question of the day. You ready? Yep. What sucks more? That should be a segment on this show. <laughs> the prospect of no crow for the rest of the season or the NHL hiring god-awful musician and MAGA chud Kid Rock to perform the All-Star game. Would you sacrifice Crawford for the year to have Kid Rock not play? No, I don't give a crap who plays at the All-Star game. Yeah. I'd rather see Corey Crawford on the ice. It's a bad look for the NHL, but what else is new? You see, I, oh, Jay, we were just talking yesterday about how occasionally we disagree about stuff and it's never artificial. I disagree with you on this. You, know, you can go ahead and say all you want that Kid Rock's a bad look for the NHL. There, are, I guarantee you there are plenty of NHL fans that like Kid Rock, so why is it a bad thing? Well... First of all, he sucks. Well, that's but that's not, the least that's of the offenses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a dude who probably displayed a Confederate flag for years at his shows. Okay. He is a, uh, well, you know, he's a, let's just say this. I don't want to, I hate getting overly political, even though everyone knows we're SJWs. He is, uh, he's very polarizing politically. Yes, let's just put it that way. Mm -hmm. And I think that there's safer, better artists you could put out there and i'm not saying like oh just go with the safe move all the time but i think in this climate especially for a sport that has been so um and this is to their credit out ahead of gay rights right with you can play they're one of the first leagues to publicly say we support this we're behind it blah 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 to then trot out a guy with this sort of political history to me is questionable yeah you see i'm just i'm not thinking that it's any I think to me the NHL isn't really like making like a big like F you statement by having Kid Rock they're not I don't think see I don't think they're making a statement what, what bothers me is that I don't think that they 
fully considered. Jay, they fully considered much of anything. Well, that's what I'm come, saying. They, it, honestly, like if you talk to most gay rights advocates about what you can play is done for the NHL, they would say it's been a very mixed bag. And they're completely right. The NHL has made like strides in some areas, but they're still ridiculously backward in others. And so I'm just not not buying into the moral outrage of you've done like all these things. Like, why would you go back? No, they've been kind of middling. Like, I don't I don't think we should hold them to that standard because, frankly, they don't deserve to be held to that standard. They haven't done enough to warrant being criticized too much for what they're doing politically. Well, that, you're sort of the. You're just saying, well, you know, they've never, they haven't done enough, so why expect more? At what point do we start to expect more? Just, I don't know. Like, I'm just, I'm tired of like assuming the NHL is going to do the right thing and then being surprised when they don't. <laughs> I'm not surprised at all. I'm not surprised at all. They hired Kid Rock. I just don't like it. I mean, you can you can argue that JT Brown has been blackballed basically by the NHL, and he's been kind of buried ever since he had the audacity to raise his fist during the national anthem like see i think there's a difference though between and you're right i totally agree with you i think there's a difference between the shield of the nhl the people at the top batman etc right versus coaches and teammates right so when the people at the top have the ability to make a better decision they can and maybe it trickles down I think we're a long way from players on the ice stop calling each other gay mm-hmm. or the F word. We, okay, we were literally all at the, the time. Wolves game last night. This is a great example of that. Kiss Cam came on. What did they do? They showed two dudes they showed on the They showed two players condors. from the Condors together. Real inclusive messaging there. Yeah, you're right. But that, see, that's a, that's an, a minor league team with... NHL teams do that crap, too. I know. But that's the sort of thing that the shield should put a stop to. There should be like this is a, a huge topic for a summer day. Yeah. Right. So I'm not going to spend too much more time. Because then we're going to start getting into like playing the stripper at Blackhawks. Sure. Games but there, and there should be a and... no more. There should be someone at the top should send two stadium operators. The following things will be no longer allowed. And if they had done that, I would share your irritation that they had invited kid rock to perform but since they apparently are only interested in half gestures and relatively meaningless talk i refuse to get worked up that they're not you know catering to what i think they should do as an organization fair enough alex b says hello james and jay how's your day going well you know it's pretty good that's pretty solid yeah who should sit when anisimov comes back oh my god i've liked the i've liked the way the forward lines have looked recently even with Schmaltz's face-off percentage being as low as it is, Kampf looks good, and Sharp has even stepped up his game some since the new year. Thanks, Alex from Oklahoma. That's a pretty good question. And I've been saying for a long time that I like Schmaltz at center. I feel like he's more effective there, even though the face-offs are uh, below average. Uh, I don't know. I don't know who you said. I think it's going to be Kampf just kind of out of necessity. And that's going to annoy me because it should be a rotating cast of people who sit. Like, there honestly are probably four guys who I could justify taking out of the lineup because Anisimov deserves to be in the lineup every day. There are several guys on the team that don't. Even but, though they've been playing better, doesn't mean that they don't sit. Like, Ryan Hartman, sit him every once in a while. Patrick Sharp, same thing. David Camp, do it. Like, I just, I feel like there are not, there's no untouchable guy that I could say, or I, sh- I shouldn't say that. 
there are fewer untouchable guys than I feel like this question kind of indicates just because it's like, oh, I don't know how we're going to fit Anisimov, but I do. This team's not good enough to be like, oh, I don't know. There's so many issues with this team. Just put them back in and rotate guys out. I feel like it's one of those things that we probably shouldn't overthink. Let's go back to Ryan Hartman real quick. We talk about guys you could potentially trade for younger prospect pieces or draft picks. You think Ryan Hartman's got some value? Not as much as Andrew Shaw, but yeah, I think he might. That's a name to consider. I don't think Q is enamored with him. I no. haven't seen anything from him that's indicating he's going to be anything more than he is right now. Maybe a little more, right? But I don't think that he's... No, I think you pretty much have seen what you're going to get out of it. Yeah, so if you can find a team that wants to take a shot on him, there's something to consider. Sure. Even if it's a swap of, you know, another team's young defenseman that hasn't really panned out the way they thought, sort mm-hmm. of the way Ryan Hartman is, take a flyer on a guy. Those are the sort of things that... If they are going to be active at the deadline, I wouldn't mind seeing happen. Sure. I'm not saying trade Ryan Hartman, but I think he's a, an example of a guy that if you wanted to make a move, he's something you, you can get a piece for. Is he going to be a part of your core in four years? No? Then you can trade him. I wouldn't think so. I have to read the email we got last night at the game. This is from TJ Thompson again. <laughs> says, I hope you're enjoying the evening with the Wolves and not being subjected to watching Eric Gustafson be terrible. I want to like him, but after being run over in the 2016 playoffs by the Blues and giving up a game-winning goal, I assumed we'd never see him again. Why do you guys think he's here and playing? I flew in from Sacramento to see this disaster mid-second period. I hope I'm wrong, and it turns around. Nope, it did not turn around. He did get an Eric (laughs) Gustafson goal. But, Terry, I'm sorry you flew in from Sacramento. You should have just gone to a Sacramento Kings game. Are they still a team? They play at Smoothie King Center, don't they? I don't or is, know. Or is it Sleepy Time Arena? They they played a really weirdly named arena. I, I think like when you play the game of name every team in sports. Sacramento Kings are one of the teams I forget. They're among the forgettable teams for Denver sure. Denver Nuggets are also on that list for me. If yeah. they were still the Golden Nuggets, I would remember them. But they <laughs> had to go and decide, hey, we got to shorten this thing up, man. Well, Dumb. I made a uh, somewhat of a resolution to get more to inc- improve my basketball knowledge base. Oh God! I have to. I work in. I've worked in sports. It's been long enough, right? So, I think finding a Sacramento Kings game though is over the line. <laughs> I refuse to. I refuse to take in Sacramento Kings basketball. I'm sorry. Under Fair any enough. circumstance, unless they're playing the Bulls, maybe. But they no. don't even have Demarcus Cousins anymore. The one guy I would have cared about watching. Is uh, Mike Bibby still on the Sacramento Kings? I do not believe so. I don't think Jason Williams is either. Um, Peja Stojakovic? Nope, no Peja. Damn it. Yeah. Vladi Divac, he was on there for a while, right? Yeah, he was. Look at my Sacramento Kings knowledge just yeah, flowing. Yeah, Chris Webber played for them. C-Web, that's yep. they call him. As, as he was uh, colloquially known as. <sighs> that's it, that's all I got. Uh, how about Mitch Richmond? Sure. Yeah. There was another guy. Did Spud Webb pay, play for them? I remember him as an Atlanta Hawk. I don't remember. I, for, for my, my, dazzling, my, favorite, my favorite Hawk of all time is Dikembe Mutombo. Don't at me. Mine is Jeremy Roenick. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> all right, that's going to do it for the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. Thank you always for listening. We appreciate it. You guys are great. We love you. You know that. Uh, we'll be back with more next week. And, again, we told you about our upcoming Patreon contest for a four-pack of tickets to the Wolves-Ice Hogs game in April. 
A random Patreon donor will be chosen. I've decided mid-podcast. That's what we're doing. To give all eight tickets to? Four tickets. Oh, I thought four. you said four pairs. I, I meant a f- I said four pack. Yeah, fool. A f- well, I was right. I said no, four I, pack. You know what? Play the tape back. <laughs> <laughs> well, whatever it is, it is four tickets to the Wolves Ice Hogs game in April. Um, so Patreon donors, you'll all be eligible. If you'd like to become one, even for a dollar a month, you can go to patreon.com slash madhousepod and sign up to win. Like we said, all that money goes to benefit the podcast. If you'd like to do a one-time donation, you can do it at gofundme.com slash madhousepod. Same thing there. All that money goes to funding the podcast, not James and I's pockets. With that, thanks for listening to the podcast, which has been brought to you by Triple Threat Sports. For all your team outfitting needs, call Chris at 708-478-6090. Marishka's in Crest Hill, family-owned and operated since 1933. Chuck's Southern Comforts Cafe with locations in Burbank and Darien. Visit chuckscafe.com and seatgiant.com. Use promo code MADHOUSE to check out to save. For my partner, James Nebo, I'm Jay Zawoski. Thanks for listening to the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. Me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name and price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh, man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.